going to start the show uh, chatting to Gabriel Andrew. I did an interview regarding Findhorn and was chatting about the is- issues of the well, obviously the eco-village, but the idea of people wanting to live an alternative life and the pull towards uh, walking in different ways. And, and we, we got to talking about the Camino and I said, wouldn't it be nice if we could have one here? And lo and behold, there is one. And so Gabrielle's going to talk to me about that. I also did a pre-record earlier, and I was chatting uh, regard, with Kozi Gianni regarding the issue of parents who regret having children. Most of the people who were quoted in the article were actually mothers. Uh, but it's a really tricky topic to talk about because most people just feel so bad to even admit to feeling that way but it turns out that uh, that this is is something that is not as rare as perhaps we would like to think it is so we also have all sorts of other things on on the table um, but uh, Gabriel is here in the studio so I would just like to welcome you thank you for coming in thank you for, Lin- for having me Lindsay the Camino is something that has been, you know, going on for so many, so many years. Um, and I was so excited to find out that we had one here on our doorstep. Yeah, well, we just following suit with the rest of the world. Mm. I was very inspired after walking it with my daughter in 2011. Okay. And just continue to walk in Cape Town because it's a bit sort of druggish. You just need your hit every day. Once mm. you get used to this daily meditation. Mm. You just really need it. So coming back to Cape Town, I was living in Constantia and I walked two or three times a week to Cork Bay, mm. which is a similar kind of distance to what you walk in Spain. And apart from how important it was for me physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, I just had this great urge to bring this extraordinarily wonderful concept to my beautiful country mm. because I kept discovering lovely little things along the way that I hadn't known about even though I I'm a Cape Townian. Because it's about walking mindfully. It's not just some going and walking. Yeah, you really have time with yourself. So um, it being a, a, a journey or a pilgrimage, the word means to cleanse. So we all have a variety of things that we want to cleanse from. It could be heartbreak. It could be anything that's on your mind. And in fact, you don't really know what you're going for until you're there or even until you come back sometimes. Mm, mm. You're doing something that you don't normally do and it evokes all sorts, of, all sorts of things inside you that you didn't know it was going to evoke. Mm. It's a bit like having a baby. You sort of don't know how to explain it to somebody else until it's happened to mm. you. Because it's something you've got to feel. Yeah. I, I saw that, you know, there's so many things that have been written about that. Um, and one of the of, of the people that writes a lot about the Camino, or clearly not this one yet, uh, John Braley, I don't know if you know him. No. Um, but but he, was, he was talking about how it's also grown. And apparently in the 80s, um, there were about a, a few thousand a year. And now it's a quarter of a million. Yeah, hundreds of thousands. And it's just getting bigger and bigger. And those are the ones that are documented because not everybody walks right to the end where yes. they get their Compostela, which, which is how yes. they can record the numbers. But I think yes. that the figures are a lot larger than that. I love that word Compostela. What I also saw in his writing is that not everyone walks the Camino. They, they say some people walk, some people go on horseback, some people go by bike and some on a wheelchair. Yes. Which I can't imagine because my brother's just done it and he says the cobblestones kill you. Okay, I'm I can't sure. imagine a wheelchair <laughs> no. on those cobblestones. Did you find the cobblestones also tricky? 
No, not at all. They're okay. lovely. It's when you hit cobblestones, the whole place is not cobblestoned at all. But you hit mm. little villages that are cobblestoned, so mm. you're more kind of enchanted by your environment than worried mm. about the stones. Mm. In fact, when you're on the tarmac, it's actually the hardest on your feet. Mm. They mm. get hot, so you want mm. to try and keep off the tarmac. Yeah, yeah. Um, just wonderful things that people have said. John Moore says, "I went out for a walk and finally concluded to stay out until sundown." For going out, I find was I was really going in. Oh, fantastic! Okay. Yeah, beautifully um, put. And then Yvonne Cuneo also has has uh, spoken a lot about the power of being out in the mountains. She says, "When I'm high up, walking on a ridge, I feel like I'm part of all I can see, and all I can see is part of me, and it's the most intense spiritual experience. And by spiritual experience, I mean simply that sense of oneness." And it's much more intense experience walking through the world, fueled only by my own energy, my own body taking me wherever I want to go, a speck in the landscape, than if I took a car or a train, obviously. The, the, the wildness, the remoteness speaks to my soul, and there is no separation. Yeah, people have these wonderful experiences just yeah. like that. And I suppose it's that, that sense of yearning, and it, it's, it's a, it, people go there for pilgrimage. It's, it's, it's not just a walk. No, not at all. Um, and, and it's not a hike either. And, and so when, when she goes on to say it's a way to walk in a conscious, sacred manner, because that's important, it's the mindfulness, where nothing happens by chance and every turn and every steep up and down of the trail reflects the up and downs of my life. She says walking becomes a way of life and a rhythm develops yeah. and comes back to what you were saying, the simple repetition makes it a meditation. Um, every step requires presence and attention and so much of the natural world and the human cultures we are passing through impresses upon us the sanctity of life. Yeah. yeah. But you see, these things sort of happen when you're out there. You know, um, it, it mustn't put people off who don't feel that they have some sort of profound or philosophical or spiritual intention. Um, you just know that this crazy thing is going on and let me go and try it. And mm. then after about the second or third day, then this rhythm and this repeated um, the word comes to mind is hardship, and there is a, a lot of hardship. You're, you, mm. you, you get you get exhausted, and your feet get sore, and you get blisters, and these things come upon you. But I also don't think that there's one experience. I think if you take a hundred people, you'll find a hundred mm. experiences. Mm. Um, Martin Sheen recently um, um, starred in a movie called The Way, and that reflected the the Cape, the Camino de Santiago experience very well, where mm. there were four different people with very different ways mm. of being mm. and very mm. different things came out of it for each of them. Which is why a lot of people I know go on their own. They leave their partners yeah. behind. Um, yeah, it's you advisable. Chose, you chose not to do that. Well, I went across with my daughter because she had a university holiday, and so we did it together. But after the first day when we realized that our paces were so entirely different that we made exactly that decision, and we walked alone every day, although we met up in the evenings. And that's what I heard from somebody who'd left his partner behind. He said, I'd made a conscious decision to go on my own, and then there was somebody who was on, on his own, and he wanted company, and that wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but it is for some people. It is what they look for, and, and it is what they find, and they find it in unexpected ways. So it's a very, very personal experience. So what we have... Um, offered or created is an opportunity or a platform for people to do this in whatever way they like to do it. In fact, what, what we say is walk your way. So for your purpose, for your intention, at your pace, at your at your rate, explore what you want to explore, whether it's external environment or internal. So it's a very personal thing. 
And it's about that is also knowing that it's your journey and, yes. and you know, the depth to which you go, as, as you say, um, it's not only the walk. Um, somebody was just saying, you know, it's about slowing down enough to be able to appreciate the beauty and the intimacy of the natural world, you know, the flowers, the dusty paths, the, 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 the mountains, the, the running rivers, and, and, and obviously the raw beauty of the landscapes, all of them pointing to something bigger than ourselves, and yet all of them familiar in our inner landscape, which is quite a nice way of looking at, uh, which we come home to with every step. But then um, um, th- then what, what John Braley says, the task then is to bring the experience back to our ordinary everyday's life. You know, after the Camino, Camino comes the laundry. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful yes. reminder yes. That, that it's about bringing it back into your your world. Yes, yes. But I also want to just say that what you what you're commenting on now are the times in Spain and in Cape Town when you are in a natural environment. But that is certainly not all the time. In the Spanish Camino you walk through these little villages and you stop at monasteries and you walk through communities and it's exactly the same in the Cape Camino. It's anchored in our sacred diversity. So our one is tweaked for a South African circumstance. And it's not as long. It's not as long. It's 200 kilometers versus 900 kilometers, but it's in a circular shape, so you can do it as many times as you like. But in Spain, the Catholic Church holds the um, Spanish Camino de Santiago, but it's by no way, it it, it hosts it, but it by no way insists on any kind of practice. And in Cape Town, we've got 14 different sacred ways of being we haven't managed to find spaces for all 14 of those on the route but it does show off our extraordinary diversity and all within our own communities and wine lands and it's not a hike over the mountain it's not going getting as far away from people as you can possibly get yourselves it's about being in your space but in a different way and it's exploring each other's places and spaces so ours has a kind of three-pronged purpose to it one is Um, creating peace for ourselves because when we do explore each other's sacred spaces we find that our gods all say the same things which is that we we are one with love and one with each other the second is that um we we um showcase micro business micro business supports the play that the the route all along the way so we on one on one pilgrimage all around the peninsula, about 55 micro-businesses are supported, so it brings sustainability to the region. And then we also try and wend it through communities so that there's a unity that we can create when we know that we are one then we are kind to each other so there's opportunities for us to see into each other's communities and assist each other and be together and work together and and work out more of what we have in common than what we have different Mm -hmm. so it does have a very social and political objective to it as well not just ours but the spanish one so it's not just out in the bundu or out in nature although our um peninsula lends itself beautifully we really have got the most extraordinary city in the world i think i know i'm biased but just walking at this 200 kilometers of mountain of beaches of winelands of whale watching of dolphins of you name it apart from all these beautiful little sacred sites that are all nestled in between there's karamats there's buddhist tea houses there's catholic shrines there's khoisan sacred sites abundantly 
So there's a lot to learn about and with each other right here in our very beautiful city. If you've just joined us, I'm chatting with Gabrielle Andrew. She walked in the Camino in Spain and came back to Cape Town and said, why haven't we got one here? And, and went about getting something going. Gabriel, Tom's SMS and he says, am I wrong? But is this not just a long, slow walk in, in nature or a gentle hike? What's the difference between that and this pilgrimage that we're on about? Um, I think intention, I think why you want to go out and do something is the difference. And it isn't for everybody. It's for somebody with a particular state of mind and time in their life um, that really feels an urge to do this kind of thing. Mm. It has a funny kind of call to it. Mm. And if it doesn't call you, it doesn't call you and you can't make it call you. Mm. Or try and make it call somebody mm. else. Mm. And maybe I'm I'm overstating it by quoting all these authors, but John Burley says the pilgrimage is an antidote to busyness and burnout. He says it's about slowing down and taking time to contemplate the deeper questions that lie behind our superficial existence. And it provides a moment of spaciousness and calm amid the mayhem of modern life. And it's just really to get a time to get in touch with our true purpose of being here. But then he comes back and he says, and then there's laundry, you know. So it's, um, it, it's and he gives the example of the backpack. He says, uh, the backpack is full of symbolism. He says, what size and what we put into it becomes how we're going to frame and fill our inner spiritual life. And he says, we've all had the experience of taking a pack that's too big and putting the stuff in it that we don't really need. And then you've got to shift it around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think what you said is so important. I mean, not everybody is going to get this, uh, you know, deep inner spiritual um, sense of it. Some people can experience it at a walk, but it's more than that because it is um, quite a long route. You say, um, it, the, the you say, I, I've got different uh, lengths, but um, you're saying it's it's a smaller walk because the 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 Camino that um, that my brother's just been on they walked about thirty k's a day, which is quite yes. a lot. Um, we do you, this about the same. We, we no, we do a little less. We do from 20, about twenty to twenty five k's a day. Okay, because that's one of the pressures is the pressures that you get on your feet. Whilst he and his uh, his uh, friend did the full uh, amount, what their wives did is they would do twenty. And then they would just say, that's it, I'm Pelile, and then get a cab to the next place. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, they were able to do it, and, and they were struggling with their feet. Yes. Anyway. Well, the point is that the permission is yours. Yes. You give yourself whatever permission you like. Mm. And you start off, in fact, the same thing happened to me. The first day we walked 25 kilometers, and I was absolutely crippled at the end of it. Mm. And I said, okay, that's it. And on that first day, we'd managed to learn the word bus in Spanish, Spanish which is bus. So <laughs> I said, I'm catching a bus, and I'll see you at the end. Um, and then a Spanish woman said to me, stop trying to do this at your daughter's pace. She was 20, and I was 50. And um, it was the first brilliant advice that I received. Mm. And it, I kind of translated that for the re rest of the next day. I didn't have her with me and I wasn't trying to keep up with her. I was able to explore what I wanted to explore. She wasn't being irritated with me for walking at a different pace. And then I actually found that I, I'm very slow on the uphill, but I actually find that because of my height, I kind of catch up on the flat. So at the end of the day, we'd walk the same distances. We'd be just as exhausted. And in fact, because of her youth, she suffered more with 
sore back and sore knees and things. And although every day I was completely exhausted, I got no injuries, I got no blisters. Mm-hmm. So it, every day we compared different notes and had different learnings and had dis- discussions, not only with each other, but you gather at these accommodation places mm-hmm. and you meet other people with similar experiences. And some of them seem very obvious, but at the time they seem kind of profound. And you know all you've got to do the next day is do exactly the same thing. And it's this repetition of... This is what makes it different from a walk or a hike. Mm. You kind of need to do at least three days before you can get into that rhythm where you're not going to go back to something. It's not going to be Monday morning. It's not going to get back and cook supper. This time of being on your own extends and extends and extends. And then what happens to you is a kind of unfolding for you in your way about your stuff. So it is very, very different for each of us. And that's and that's why I suppose it's so special because it isn't. There's no one guiding there you there. It's no. a pilgrimage, and it's it's you and the God of your understanding and and whatever meaning you find along the way, or when you get back. Yes, and you know. also I mean it, this is a, this pilgrimage is a walk, but I would imagine that well, I, I live on Musenberg Beach and those um, windsurfers every Sunday, well when there's a high wind, I go and watch them and they scream up and down, and I just imagine what excitement. And wonder and brilliance that must be for them. And when I chat to them, they just say they get into this other space. And I think you can talk to any sports person or anybody that does anything in that kind of me and just me and the rest of the world go into that kind of zone. So a walking pilgrimage offers that experience to ordinary people. Mm. You don't have to get jump out of an aeroplane or have a windsurfer or... Mm. Um, You know, people get it from all sorts of experiences. Mm. So it's just there. It's just a route that's there. And you get on it and you walk as far and as fast as you like and you explore what you like and you take who you like and you drop who you like. You may walk with someone and decide you don't want to. So you say, I'll see you at the other end. And you do exactly what you like, which is also quite a profound thing for us to be able to do, to do what we like. You know, from the moment you start getting into a family environment, you're always considering your family and your partner and your children and your workplace and your colleagues. There's always somebody to consider. Mm. And you just consider nobody. You do things exactly how you feel. And when you when you mature, you've had a lifetime of doing things for other people. So it is quite a new and liberating experience. I'm not going to walk faster. I'm not going to walk slower. I'm going to walk how I like. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop for as long as I like. Mm. I don't think I'll actually move any further I think I'll spend the night right here you really do exactly what you like and the whole route is set up like that for you so everything accommodates that for you tell us about the route oh okay our route the Cape Camino route as I say is very much tweaked for our South African in fact Cape Town circumstance so although there isn't a beginning a middle or an end we do like to um, say thank you to the Catholic Church so we sometimes start um, near the Schoenstatt Shrine in Constantia. Schoenstatt's a wonderful place. It's yeah. a wonderful place. So we are mm. actually having a group. We, now and then we have group uh, pilgrimages. Mostly it's one on your own, but on the 25th, the Saturday, we've got one to um, celebrate our diversity called Rainbow Pilgrimage on the 25th of February. And there we're starting at Pastis. And then we walk, not we, you set off as you, we arrive at half past seven. And as you arrive, we get, people pick up their t-shirts and their passports and off you go on your own or in twos or what you like. And the first stop, if you like, is the Catholic shrine. And you can light a candle there. And the shrine is unbelievably enchanting space. And the sisters just require 
that you show respect. You don't have to be Catholic. And then we move through the winelands and we get come out at Constantia, Clan Constantia Road, and we go and visit the Karamat there. And again, there's a, there's a supervisor there who can tell you something about who lies there or not. You don't have to be there. Then we walk through Tikai and we meet a man called Levi, who's a Khoisan herbalist, and he tells us about his Khoisan ways. We walk then past Polesmore Prison, up um, and then through Westlake Community, and we get picked up by a man called Arthur, again, if you like, who walks us through Westlake and shows us around a little bit, if you like. You can stop and talk to him or you can just walk through. Then we walk over Boys Drive down Camp Road, which is Steps, and into Musenberg. There's another Karamat there. There's a synagogue there, and that's a good day's walk. And then we have lunch in Musenberg. And I keep saying we, and that's just referring to the Rainbow pilgrimage that we're hosting on Saturday. So that all happens before lunch? Well, the walk is from early in the morning till about 2. So you either wait for lunch until then or you have lunch on the route. We sometimes stop at Westlake Village, um, at the Stienberg Village and have lunch there. Um, So that's one leg. That's an example of a leg. Then another leg will go from Musenberg to Cork Bay over Trappies Corp to Piers Cave and into Fishhook and that'll take the better part of the day. And, and at Piers Cave, there's, there's Khoisan uh, Bushman paintings. Then from, from Fishhook, we go via the labyrinths, um, designed and put together by Kursberger, who um, has built a labyrinth out of Feinbos. And a labyrinth is used in many traditions, but it's primarily found in Celtic tradition. And we walk into... Simonstown after that, and there's a fascinating museum there, the Heritage Museum, which is a, a Muslim stop. So that's our third, that's three legs. Then we walk from there either over Red Hill, where we walk through Red Hill Community, or around Cape Point and into Scarborough. Just before Scarborough, there's a Buddhist tea house called Shambhala. We like to stop there. And then into Scarborough is another leg. Then we walk along the coast from Scarborough to Komiki, and sticking with the coast, we walk to Nuadhuk, and that's a good day's walk along that beach. Um, and that's that's Khoisan ancient sites, and, and not so ancient, where the Khoisan settled. And we've learned about interesting individuals who contributed to our history, in particular Afrikaans. There was a man called Ashumato who contributed to the development of Afrikaans as we know it. And these are all things that I've learned developing this route. And then from Nurtuk, we have to get a uh, an Uber or we've got somebody that helps us with transport into Hart Bay. Then in and around Hart Bay from Hang Clip, we've got um, Hang Berg. We've, we've got a delightful guide who can take you over the mountains and to the sea on the other side, outside Hart Bay, called Brent Thomas. And that's a full day's walk. So in Hart Bay, we've got one day there if you want to. And then we walk around the Atlantic seaboard and into the city to the cable car. From the cable car, we walk to Rhodes Memorial and then Rhodes Memorial back to Constantia Neck. And there we are back at Constantia Nieschgunstadt. Part of the Camino is the, the kind of the stops that you have. And um, some of the people, a friend of mine, in fact, developed such bad blisters that he had to stop. Um, he, he got infected. And he found a South African who'd had huh? a place to stay on the Camino. Okay. And um, so he had to recuperate for, for weeks to, oh, really? because his feet were so bad. Um, but it was, it was a wonderful experience for him because after doing that, he came back, sold his house uh, 
and moved to Spain. <laughs> it does crazy things like that to yeah, people. Yeah, um, yeah. The stops. So, sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, what we've tried to do is gather micro business and homestays along the way because it is very much a, a community experience. So on our website where we sh- where we point out the route and we show you the different legs, we also show you where you can stay and this is the supporting of the micro business side of it. We've collected homestays that only offer a bed to people from the Cape Camino. They're not in business. Mm-hmm. They're not even Airbnbs. But they want to participate in that. They want to op- um, offer um accommodation and food to people and they want to put a couple of hundred rands in their pockets and then there's also interesting little places to eat and drink which we register on our website and how it works is that you purchase a passport and with that passport when you present it to these little micro businesses all over the place you get a discount or a value add and that's where they pay for the marketing they don't pay for their marketing marketing but they pay for it at the point of sale so it really keeps the money turning around in the communities what kind of take-up have you had so far? Well, it's been an enormous task to develop the route and to talk to the sacred sites and the communities and the micro-businesses. Um, so we launched in 2015 in April. And then soon after that, my daughter, who walked the Camino de Santiago with me, joined me. From there, Before that, I was single-handedly doing this. And then since then, we've um, become a lot more kind of goal-orientated and Facebook orientated and website orientated. She's much more high tech than I am. So we've had a fantastic response from locals and from foreigners. I must just tell you when our website was being launched, in fact, it wasn't actually launched yet. So it was very early days. It was put alive and then taken off because there was a glitch and then put live and taken off. There was a man in Chicago um, who, when it went live for those few seconds, he was Googling Camino, assumably in Spain, and Cape Camino jumped up and he literally mm-hmm. put down his pen and jumped in an aeroplane and flew to, to Cape Town and walked the Cape Camino. And we weren't ready for him at all. But he didn't communicate mm-hmm. with us much. He didn't think that he had to. It was just like Camino de Santiago and he got to the airport. And he was ex- honestly expected to find a T-shirt. So he phoned. There was one number, which was my personal cell. And he phoned and said, hello, I'm at the airport. Where can I buy a T-shirt? I want to buy a T-shirt for Cape Camino. And I said, who, what, where, where? And he'd he just done pitched, yeah. He just pitched and he'd done yeah. it. And he'd, gotten, he'd done it backwards and he got lost and he caught Ubers, but he had an extraordinary experience and one of the most profound for me was that on the Atlantic side he came across a Karamat and he's an American Christian Mm. and he was honestly nervous about going inside and Mm. he stood outside and he paced up and down and then the caretaker came outside and said, can I help you? And he said, well I'm a Christian American. He said, well you're welcome sir. Mm. And he spent four hours in there Mm. and he came out with a completely different perception Mm about an entire faith, mm. about an entire people. And those are the sort of stories that really make this whole mm. long um, journey of mine worthwhile. And those are the sort of experiences that people have. We've had people that come from Australia and none came from Australia. And you only obviously know how profound it was for people at the end of it, but they write you these stories and things mm. that they were grappling with and symbolism that they found in their experiences and strangers that came up to them just at the right time and said just the right things. We've had women from Namibia who spent um, a wonderful seven days 
Um, we've had literally people, we've had English people, we've had people from all around the world. So it's a little trickle at this stage. Mm. I'm chatting with Gabriel Andrew about the Cape Caminos. And it's exciting that you've done all this work because I can just feel that you, you're rooted in the experience. You bring with you um, a desire to, to make something here of Cape Town, which we all know and love. Mm. Um, and, and you've gone, it seems, a step further because you've you've you know all the people and the the kind of hookups because i would think a lot of people from cape town would go well you know what about the safety and what you what you've done is you've you've made sure there are enough hookups um and and you you give people an option of going solo or or joining the others or having a guide. We've also got some guides, mm. in particular Koi San, because mm. that group is not represented either by a building or by a by a book like the mm. other sacred mm. ways mm. are. Mm. So we have a kind of affirmative action towards that group and that we have found particular in individuals that are very, very knowledgeable in the Koi San sacred way and in the way of life, um, herbalists and um, sacred people, people who, who work in communities and that work with plants and work with the mountains and work with the, the seasons and understand there were shamans basically, our Khoisan and our often First Nations are shamanistic. It's, it's a shamanistic way of life. So I, I want to agree with you that I feel it, I've taken it a step further because it is very much a nation building program for me. It's not just about creating a walk, but it's creating a platform for us Mm. And you're creating an experience. An experience for mm. us. And whether you're walking it or whether you're on it, it's about us recognizing that we're in this together. We're in this thing called Cape Town, called South Africa. And then when everybody walks it, called life together. And in fact, there's a Camino in every continent. There's one recently developed in Japan, which is a collaboration between the Japanese government and the Spanish government. So people are taking it very seriously. So far, my one has been me and my red Yaris and recently my, my daughter. I haven't had an enormous amount of help. But my passion really does drive me to bring that platform to Cape Town and to South Africa. And I'd like to see it expanded across the province. In fact, that is our vision across mm. the province and even across the country. So we can, we can link up with other Caminos and we can expand right across the province. Um, so that we can walk across our country, we can meet each other. There have been lots of experiences and examples of long-distance people walking and mm. come and where people do worry about the safety, but mm. they just find hospitality. Well, I mean, I had a friend, um, it was uh, decades ago, he came to South Africa, he's a French-Belgian, and he walked from Johannesburg to Cape Town. And he took six months, and he said he found nothing but hospitality that, yeah. that you speak of yeah. um, and at never once and he was you know that was pre uber pre everything uh, yeah so i think the the reality is that um people are finding these places yeah. and like that guy you know you put it up but a boom bada bang he was here you know and which guy uh, the guy who just pitched up you know, and says, where's the T-shirt? You know. Okay, yes, yes, you know, yes, from Chicago. And all you do is, is you, you know, you build it and they will come. So yes. tell us about your competition. So the competition, the prize for the competition is a five-day, four-night uh, experience for two, for a couple or for two. Um, that's the prize that you win. And you must just go to our Facebook page, which is Cape Camino. Um, and you like it and you share it and you put who you'd like to walk with. 
and then we're going to have the draw in April, and the prize will be walked in May, and it'll be f- it'll be five days around the peninsula, and the accommodation is is part of the prize, and breakfast, and the last night is in Scarborough, and. We've been gifted a meal from a restaurant in Scarborough too to finish off the last mm-hmm. evening. So please enter that. And tell us how to join the Cape Camino community. How, how do people do that? Well, there's there's three ways that you can do the Cape Camino. You just go on the website and you just walk out your door and off you go and you just make your way around. Um, the maps are there. The route is there. This is just something that I've gifted because I, I don't know any other way in terms of a route. You can't own a route. So the route is mm. just there. Mm. All I've done is walk it myself and plot it out where the sacred sites are and mm. offered you places to sleep. And then to participate, which obviously we prefer, is that you purchase a passport. It's 380 rand. It has the route on it. And each at each center there are places and spaces that offer you a stamp or a signature like they do in Spain. So that becomes um, an important little document for you or a passport and you get all the way around and you get your seven or eight or nine. It keeps expanding signatures or we can put together a package for you. You can say, well, I want suppers and no breakfast and I want port- portridge and I want um, cheap and cheerful or I want luxury, whatever you like. Mm-hmm. It really is. We can put something together. We, I want five days. I want nine days and then we will tailor make something for you but on our website we do have certain packages that you can look at and you can adjust you can get uh, you can have guides you can have guides for some of the routes and mm. for not others so and should people make. be i mean if you're going to walk five days in a row um you you've got to be feet ready yeah but it's it's not it's not hectic it's not hiking no but but your feet yeah if you're walking 20 k's a day you get blisters yeah if you don't have proper shoes yeah you should be feet ready. Well, mm. we're also um, working with uh, the um, confraternity of of St. James that, that go across to Spain, and we're putting together practice courses, practice pilgrimages for them that they can do two or three days before they go off and do a 1,000 kilometers in mm. Spain. Mm. So, But you, are, you find a lot of people who are interested are already kind of walkers, mm. walkers and beaches and mountains. But, yes, you do have to be but foot I mean, ready. I, I know people who went from Cape Town to the, the Camino, and... Um, you know, even their walk from from Simonstown through to Musenberg. Yes. Um, you know, you 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 realizing your that if you do that every single day, yeah. if your feet are tweaking, you know, you've you've got to really think, as as they say, about the backpack. What's in the backpack? Yeah. Um, and and what what kind of uh, shoes do I have to cushion my feet? You yeah. Know? And of course, the heat is something. Yeah, well, at this time of year, well, from December, mm. yeah. But we've got a beautiful year to do this, you know, from mm. April, May, mm. June, July. We kind of can offer an all-year-round pilgrimage. But the, the the walking thing, although you cover large distances, you start early. And even at quite a gentle pace, you cover about four kilometers an hour. So you can do 20 kilometers in five hours. So if you start at seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, that's 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 walking quite gently. So with breaks and things, you get to wherever you want to be by two. And then you take off your shoes and you relax and you rest and you sleep or mm. you explore mm. or you sit with f- your feet in cold water. So it's not from morning till night. You do mm. have a nice mm. chunk of the day and then you still have the evening of course to I think recuperate. the thirty thirty five K really pushes you. Yeah, and, and when you're doing it, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks, that, you know, you've 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 really got to make sure 
um, you can carry your stuff. Yeah. And do you find any Cape Tonians doing it who want to then nip off home? Uh, yes, break, we have. Does it break the flow? Um, well, a lot of them are intrigued by what they're, they're actually living between and amongst and driving through and mm. past every day mm. that they're not aware mm. of. Mm. If you look at some of the videos on our website, you hear South Africans saying, I had no idea that was there. Mm. And if I hadn't been walking, I wouldn't have known. Mm. And all Cape Tonians should do this so that we can know exactly mm. what's behind that building and around mm. that way. And, mm. and Because we don't follow the road. Although we are, we sometimes we generally follow the contour around mm. the peninsula, but we we usually off the road. So there's an explorative um, aspect to it as well, where mm. you where you learn about your own place and space, and that's very symbolic about learning about your own internal place and mm. space. You think mm. you know yourself, mm. you think you know your neighbourhood, you think you know your your city, but if you actually take time off and not do anything else but explore all of those environments, you're usually delighted and surprised by what you discover. Mm, mm, that's a wonderful idea. Thank you so much for coming on here and, and sharing this with us. Um, Albert Einstein says, look deep into nature and then you'll understand everything better. And wouldn't it be nice if everyone could do that? Viva. Thanks Thank very you. much.